All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of Mental Wellness Mondays. It's a podcast by Two Broke Twimbos that's here to help you chuckle a little bit when you start your Mondays, but also to think about your mental health, to think about your well-being. Um, you know, throughout January, we had some great episodes about getting your motivation right, making sure your mindset's in the right place, unlocking your true potential, becoming the leader you deserve to be, and all of that stuff. Now we're going to get in some nitty gritties as we go throughout the year. As usual, Dr. Nyaraya of Wired to Love and Thrive has found us the best experts and uh, um, talking heads around the planet that can really help us. We appreciate you, Dr. Nyaraya. And of course, I think your fans are always happy to hear that you're there with us. Wonderful. Hi, guys. <laughs> and I'd like to introduce our guest. Um, you see, we actually had to have a mini meeting before this uh, recording because this is too long. There's too many qualifications. So I'm I'm just I'm gonna cut it down. So Professor Shingai Mtambirwa, he's a urologist who does many things and is also a professor. Mm. Is that adequate or is that a little bit disrespectful? That's for far too much actually. I think <laughs> the worst thing you can do is actually take yourself seriously. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Professor. And of course, yeah. Phil is also here. And Phil is very excited because, you know, today we're going to be talking about men's health, especially sexual health um, mm. and how that links to mental health. And I think anything that surrounds uh, all of that. Um, so perhaps first, uh, we would love to just hear an overview of what it is that you do and why that is important for us to consider when we're talking about mental health. Uh, thanks, Danny, Phil, and, and Uriah, and also the, all, all the listeners tonight or to whatever day or day, daytime if you're there. I think the important thing, first of all, is that we have to start taking our general health more seriously. And the mental health is such a big issue. I, I mean, we, we live in Africa, and I always like to say that they're the big five for general health, for cancer health, for heart health. They're all interrelated. They're all this, almost the same thing in many ways. And those big five are pretty simple, actually. It's just uh, making sure that you do a, a, you have you've taken appropriate numbers of calories, not too much, not too little as well, but not too much. It's not doesn't matter what you take in, as long as you've got one of those big five uh, good calories. Second is a bit of exercise. And again, exercise is not a onerous task. People think that it's, you're going to have to be running out there doing marathons. Uh, in fact, marathons and uh, exercise which lasts for too long can actually shorten your life expectancy because we know that if you have uh, more than one hour, 20 minutes of, of, of uh, strenuous exercise, you actually increase the amount of co uh, a hormone called cortisol in your bloodstream, which is actually makes you older. So although I'm, I'm very respectful from all my buddies like Reddy, Klabi, uh, and those who do the comrades at 12, 14 hours, uh, it, 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 it's not bad. But the point is that you don't have to do that all the time. Uh, the third one is not taking um, excessive amounts of any sort of illicit, illicit or dangerous substance, such as alcohol, for example, so, and, or, or any other thing. I've, I've got no judgments when it comes to, to people who decide if they wanted to use drugs. But remember that any um, any a choice without consequences is no choice at all. That's not my quote. I think it's from Tom Robbins or something like that. And uh, fourth is uh, not smoking. I don't want to pontificate, but it's probably the most important social decision anyone can make. Uh, smoking increases the risk of every cause of death. In fact, uh, there's evidence to show that if you uh, use the, the 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 medication uh, of smoking appropriately, which means smoking regularly or doing whatever. 
you uh, have a 50% chance it'll kill you. Uh, so you have to make that, that decision. But the fifth one is, I think, one that people don't recognize enough, which is stress. Stress. We know that stress is not just about the mental thing. It's about general health. And I'll just take a quick step back. Um, we always talking about the waist circumference and this, that, and the other, that you must get rid of the beer bop and that sort of thing. And the reason is not because it's unsightly. For some people, it's actually quite exciting. I've got patients who actually get excited by the thing. But the problem is that there's um, some fat there, not the one underneath the skin, which we call subcutaneous, uh, which is really doing nothing much except uh, converting, at least in men, um, the man chemical testosterone to the female chemical, in inverted commas, chemical estrogen, which is necessary for men because we need it for our bone health and that sort of thing. But um, there's other fats which are around the gut, which we call uh, the visceral fat, um, uh, which is actually an organ. It's producing chemicals which are going onto the bloodstream um, we call them cytokines and various other things, which are causing high blood pressure, sugar diabetes, increased cholesterol, which is going to increase your risk of not only heart attacks, strokes, loss of limb, but also cancers as well. And stress is almost exactly the same. We, we published data with um, uh, some Italian colleagues who put um, uh, rats under, uh, under uh, we usually use uh, poor rats, uh, sprout, uh, sprout dolly rats, under stress, stressful conditions. And the stressful conditions actually were caused by introducing tobacco smoke into their cages. But when they were sacrificed, uh, basically, and we took their bloods and everything, we found that the same cytokines that are being created by visceral fat also being created by stress. And I always like to tell my patients that high blood pressure is not the problem. It's not about blood pressure. It's not about sugar. It's not about cholesterol. All of this is about damage to the inside, the skin coating of the inside parts of your blood vessels, which we call the endothelium. And if you have high blood pressure, it's going to cause sheer stress, which causes damage to the endothelium, which blocks up your blood, blood vessels. If you have sugar, it accumulates, causes damage to the endothelium, which causes blockage to your blood vessels. If you have high cholesterol, it causes damage to the underlying coating, causing damage to your blood vessels. And uh, although most guys are most, with these guys, and most people are very obsessed with sex and stuff, which is very appropriate for the majority of people, provided you don't do anything um, which, which impact adversely on other people. But the thing is that we know that these damages to the inside coatings are going to cause blockages to our blood vessels, which are going to cause you heart attacks, strokes, loss of limb. And for guys, remember, erections, erections, the blood vessel to the penis is slightly smaller than the one, the big one to the heart, which is slightly smaller than the one that goes to the brain, which is slightly mine, smaller mine than the one bigger. that goes to the leg. Mine is and bigger. And, oh well, that's the theory. We, we can see that. I guess the one, the, no, the one to the brain isn't as big as I expected. <laughs> Sorry, yes, do, please do no, go on. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's exactly the point. By the way, humor is probably the most important thing you have, a trait of of a good of an of a great human being. By the way, yes, yes. Oh, thank you, ah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> stop, stop, professor. Oh, stop it! You like stop it? You like it? Stop it! You like it? We know what's if I'm hearing you correctly, Professor, f being fat 
or at least not being fit leads to failure to erection. That's what I, that the whole thing you said, that's what I heard. But yeah, there's a, there's a point is, to that. It's true. Phil and Danny are actually hearing what I'm saying because we're, we're all guys. You're right. You're much better because you're, you've got the, the clever brain with the female brain, which isn't based mm. on the small brain between our legs with the head that's between <laughs> our legs. That's a, you see, we we base it a lot between there, and, and that, that brain is very obsessed with the size, with action, and whether we can get good erections and how we can do them, and what is a good erection. <laughs> Although that's what we rarely think about, we just say, "Oh no, it's not working very well. It's not as hard. It's not as long." Uh, the short answer, by the way, guys, everyone out there, your penis is normal size. Please yes. stop overthinking that oh no going to the bathroom peeing and then and if you've got even a slight inkling of of physics you'll know that the angles that you're looking at Mm. they're going to make other people's penises in the bathroom look bigger Mm. or smaller or whatever and thank you if i'm not mistaken you're not really trying to have sex in the bathroom so what what has that got to do with the size exactly your penis is fine it's a grower not a shower that's what i always say Exactly, oh. and that's the point. And, Please, and Auntie you, Vanessa, and- if you're still tuned in, I think skip this episode, um, and then we'll catch you on the next one. Please, I'm asking kindly. for a penny, in for a pound. That's all. So actually, I, no. Let, let's get some serious. So, so Doc, you, you mentioned some very wonderful points about um, subcutaneous fat versus visceral fat. I was reading yeah. a study recent, or not a study, the the, the abstract. That was discussing um, the different types of fat we have in the body. And this brown fat, which is used to warm us, and it's actually good fat versus white fat, which is adipose tissue. Um, So how does visceral fat fit into that theorem? And secondly, what is the best way for someone to get rid of this visceral fat that you said is so damaging? Yeah. Brilliant questions, Phil. And uh, yeah, you're using the the top head, not the bottom head. (laughs) Although they're connected and they're both necessary, by the way, they're both necessary. Yes. Mm. But the the, the, the brown fat is is a completely separate issue to both visceral and subcutaneous fat. Visceral and subcutaneous fat are pretty much like cousins. Uh, brown fat is like a distant relative because brown fat is really, really used for, like you're saying, for, for increasing heat. Uh, if you're in a cold climate, it's used to increase the energy and that sort of thing and give you mm-hmm. more fat, more energy just to burn any heat, basically. But visceral and subcutaneous fat are, are probably twins. Uh, the subcutaneous is probably the lazy twin and the visceral is the more active twin, but the active is not good because it's actually... Uh, producing these nasty things and like you said the only there are only two ways to get rid of visceral fat i mean if subcutaneous fat obviously you can go to and get uh, liposuction and stuff that's okay you'll make yourself look better but it's not going to might not help you in fact we know that uh, for example a lot of asians uh, people india and, and china are actually have a higher risk of diabetes hypertension and things and they and often they even when they're slim and skinny, they we call them the skinny cardiacs. They die from heart attacks and stuff because they're not getting rid of the visceral fat. And the visceral fat can only be got rid of by essentially two things. One, exercise. And again, not too much. Literally, uh, randomized controlled trials have shown if you have if you do uh, high intensity intervals training, for example, twenty seconds of. Active, rest for 20 seconds. 20 seconds active, rest for 20 seconds. 20 seconds active, rest for 20 seconds. 
same output, same cardiac benefit as doing one hour, 20 minutes of exercise. Not much, not much. You don't have to do much. Just it make like having regular. Sex, <laughs> yeah, well, sex is a form of exercise. In yeah. fact, that's a very good point, Nirai, because we, 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 there's data, we also, uh, also French data, which has shown that if a guy over the age of, of 60 has sex twice a week, this is just to show how age should not, we shouldn't be ageist. Guys over the age of 60, if they have sex twice a, twice a week rather than twice a month, they increase their, lo- their life expectancy by six years. Regarding all other comorbidities, diabetes, whatever, females, it's even better eight years. Sex wow. is good, good for your health. You actually burn off more calories from orgasm than washing your windows. So <laughs> sex is excellent. It's the to best any of thing. Our listeners it? over 60, uh, well, oh. there's some advice for you. Uh, uh, under 62, because we can also continue. <laughs> we need exercise. But, but also, well. we're not advocating for dirty windows. Please wash your windows, no, guys. No. <laughs> You can mix and match, increase both of them, both of them. So exercise, number one. Then the second one is calories, the numbers of calories you're putting. And I, I repeat, it's not the types. I mean, if you have a, 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 you've been to the States and you see that those things, there's low fat chips, but they're like two kilograms worth of it. You're going to get more fat than a nice small little piece of steak or even a small piece of fat. The numbers, 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 numbers of calories are the most important thing. So try to cut back on the numbers of calories, whatever, however you take them in. And those two will get rid of your visceral fat eventually. A couple of caveats. There are some other issues like hormones and stuff. For example, we know that men can go into a manopause. We know females have menopause where essentially the estrogens are going down. Uh, that's for various reasons. But similarly for guys, our man chemical, which is again in inverted commentaries, because remember that uh, female sexuality, when the, the excitement, the desire actually comes from the man chemical, testosterone, inverted commas again. It's usually from the adrenals, and uh, which are some glands sitting above the kidneys. But the point is testosterone is super important for females. We've actually doing date, doing research now for treatment for female sexual uh, issues uh, with testosterone. But the point is that testosterone, if it, as it goes down in our menopause, it also has an impact on the amount of visceral and, and uh, subcutaneous fat. So some guys are probably thinking out there, oh, no, I'm exercising, I'm controlling my diet, this and I'm now in my 40s and 50s, but I'm still not losing the beer, but beer gut. Go and talk to your doctor, possibly, not a wonder drug, but possibly assess your testosterone level. Uh, um, one of my colleagues, uh, uh, Farid Saad, actually published, uh, who presented actually at the endocrinology meeting um, two years ago, that uh, a cohort of men who had low testosterone, they were in the 40s, they were diabetic, uh, and they were put on testosterone. 20% of them after 12 years were off their diabetic medications completely because they were under control. It's very important because the that fat is also important for creating high blood pressure, sugar diabetes, high cholesterol. Okay. Actually, Doc, you, you touched on it a little, but I was going to ask um, what your opinion is about over-the-counter hormone replacement therapies, um, especially like in, in America, every 30 seconds, uh, especially when you're watching sports, there's all these ads for Max Bauer, get your testosterone back. Yeah. What yeah. is your medical yeah. opinion? <laughs> It's it's not only an opinion, it's actually, I I think, some scientific facts that I'll come up with here. First of all, 
the over, that the American system is very interesting. The the, the direct to consumer uh, uh, thing is, I mean, and at the end they discover and I think it's it's their own policies <laughs> and it's reasonable for them. But I don't think that's the best way to get the information out to people in general from from my side. But having said that, um, it, uh, first of all, uh, again, go back to the size of your penis. Any of these things that are saying they're enlarging your penis are not. Mm. There are only three things, and I'll, maybe I'll come to that eventually. But that that are proven. I think that's the most important thing. If we could not, <laughs> I mean, like let's just skip right uh, over everything else. Yeah. Just okay. get to the, let's get okay. to let's get to the the crux of the matter. Yes, but it is. Okay. It's always the question men always ask. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's. Let me, I'll take on that this, that just remind me at the end of this, because I, I often, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a, an absent-minded professor, so I'll, profess, I'll, I'll forget some of the stuff. Okay, penis enlargement. The penis is mainly made up of two sponge-like tissues, one on each side called the corpora. All that should happens when you get an erection is that you get a, a lot of blood going into these sponges, and the blood isn't allowed out. So in other words, an erection is not a bone or a muscle. It's just a lot of blood in your penis. And mm. it's such an important thing as well, because if you consider that the increase in blood when you do a bit of exercise to your heart or whatever, is probably between three and five times increased. When you get an erection, it increases, the amount of increase in blood flow is between 100 and 120 times increased. There's no other part of the body in a male which increases the amount of blood flow as much as that. And so it's so important to remember that when you have an erection, if you lose your erection, it's an issue about blood, blood flow. Now, just as a caveat, to come back, there are only actually three uh, um, erectile tissues in the human body. Um, one is the penis. Uh, one are the nasal cavities. So that's why some people, when they get sex, 20% get stuffy noses. And if you're taking um, drugs uh, that are for increasing blood flow to the penis, such as the so the Viagra's, and the excellent drugs, by the way, very safe, good, but they can give you stuffy noses. Third one is the clitoris. And the clitoris is exactly, is actually the same thing as the penis. It's actually same tissue. And in fact, it's exactly the same length as the penis. It's exactly the same length. I'll explain. I know you don't believe me because no, no, most in a little bit sticks out. I, I, I mean, I, I've seen mine, so I, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, makes so, sense to yeah. me. <laughs> Listen, when you say when you talk like that, you know that you're confident enough to know that you're you're hanging down by all like anything down there. So don't be, you're, you're just showing off. We know that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, science. What? No, 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 science is clear. Okay. And I think. Phil, uh, Phil and Danny, maybe not be right so much, but I think you would have loved the experience that we did, the experiments that we did for this, for, to actually pick up how long the clitoris is, because what we're looking for was actually the G-spots in FEMA, which are three, and I'll come to those just now. Uh, what we did is, uh, the, main, the main cohort was actually at the University of California, San Francisco, and what they did is they paid medical students, paid them to have sex in a specific a scanner called a, a, a MRI, a magnetic resonant imager, which can pick up increased blood flow, increased blood flow, and uh, increased nervous activity in various parts of the body. So you're being paid to have sex in a machine. Yo, 
Wouldn't you want to be there, Danny? You're looking very serious. You're, you're wondering why this was done only 10 years ago and you, you weren't, weren't involved in this trial. <laughs> no, no, you see, for me, Excellent. for me, Professor would have had to have gotten married first. So, look, oh, I mean, if they, were paying, <laughs> if they were paying me to get married, then I would have accepted it. Mm. When you get married, you just pay so you can continue to pay. But anyways, that's not the point. The thing is that they were paid and we, we looked at the, at, the, at the functional MRIs. We found there were three G-spots. One was the, um, was at Sorry. the front part of the vagina, if you're looking from behind, um, mm-hmm. which is what the one that the German doctor... 200 years ago was mentioning and he was basing that on anatomy the second was a clitoris which we showed was the same length as the penis it's running in a loop around the vagina so it's exactly the same length hopefully not as thick generally but it, it it's the same length same tissue say and that's why when people when females have sexual dysfunction as well it's an it's an indicator for cardiovascular heart disease just like erection problems for guys the third one was actually quite interesting because what we did is we put uh little cameras on the tips of the guy's penises you see you must get into research you see science is nice it's great you can do these things anyways what we did no, we we pause. time out time out time out time out time out time out, time out. Time out. I mean, you said science. Which website nice. can these but videos be found on? Who's the lab tech <laughs> that has to connect? <laughs> ah, fam, I know. I don't want to be that lab to connecting could, connecting cameras to dicks. What the hell? He could apply for the for the trial. He could apply for the trial if you wanted to. <laughs> the point is that the cameras were necessary because we wanted to see what was going on inside the vagina while the penis was erect. And what we found is that the, it, the, 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 the cervix was being pulled down towards the penis as a woman reached orgasm. And what happens if a guy's uh, or whoever, a person's uh, partner's um, organs are being used to gently stimulate the bottom part of the cervix? That's also a G-spot. And there was an increased blood flow. Of course, being scientists, we were saying, because it actually looked a little bit like an elephant's trunk coming down towards the penis. And we were saying, oh, no, it's coming to collect the semen because we want to be all biological and stuff. But the f- point of the matter is that, guys, uh, we're not that good as well. Yeah, and I was doing so well that I felt her womb. She was doing it for you as well. That's the point. She actually pulled her womb down to your penis. So don't not to say that you can't be performing. Perform well. Foreplay, relaxation, gently stimulating, kissing, touching, and not spending too much time thinking about your own actions and what you're doing. It's going to interact in a heterosexual relationship. Similarly, in other relationships, there's so many aspects that are involved, but the biggest sex organ is the brain. Okay. Mm, speak on it. Speak on it. <laughs> Oh, oh, penis enlargement. Sorry, sir. Not bad. I almost forgot. Yeah. I was about to get back penis to that. Because yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I got my notebook. Back to the basics. Back to the basics. Yeah. So, so thank you so much. Thank you so much. Step penis one. enlargement is not necessary. <laughs> That's the, the short answer. But let me explain what can happen. As I said, most of the, the two corpora, the spongy tissues of the penis, half of the pe- penis is buried underneath the bone here called the pubic bone. The mm-hmm. other part is the one that's exposed. So half of your penis is not visible at all, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and so what we do if we're going to do a penis enlargement is we there's something called a, 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 a fulcrum. There. Basically, at the, it's a sensory ligament. At the base of the – just on top of the penis, just by the bone, there's like a ligament so that when you get an erection, the guy stands up. What we can do is we can cut that ligament and pull – those spongy tissues that are hidden out 
to make it look longer when it's not in re erect. Okay. Um, of course, there are some dangers because you can damage the blood vessels. So you can get erection problems. It, you have to go out of action for up to three months. And when you get an erection, it's not going to stand up anymore because that ligament is gone. It's going to be straight. So maybe you'll be using tables more than, than benches and stuff. I don't know. But the point is that it's, it's, it, that's how we make it longer. We make it thicker by injecting fat and various other things around it. But the biggest issue with me as a urologist, I've been a, a urologist for, I, I've been with urology for 30 something years. I've literally done this procedure eight times. And in all of them, it was patients who had intersex, which were where we, you have both male and female sex and there are issues with that. The reason for me, and I tell my residents the same, is that I don't, don't do them. Don't do them. Why? Because penis enlargement is by far the most litigated operation in the whole of medicine. Three quarters of guys who have a penis enlargement will sue their doctor because it's not about the penis. It's in their brain. There's issues already. So I, your penis is fine. And I mean, you're, as I said in the bathroom, you're not having sex. When you get an erection, or we, we do stretch penile lenses, which is supposed to be anywhere between 10 and 13 centimeters. That's from the, where the fulcrum is to the penis. If you measure your penis, which you can, and I don't have a problem with that, you're going to find it's probably bigger than 13 centimeters, especially since we're Africans. But that's not the point. That's also a bit of a, a myth. <laughs> but the thing is that the, it's your penis is normal. And on top of that, even that stretch penile length is not the same as the length, as Phil was saying, when you're actually getting gorged. It's at mm. least 20 or 30% higher. So mm. relax, 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 relax. Your penis is fine. I, not, I haven't seen you. 99.99999% of people out there, I've never seen you. Although I've seen more penises than any prostitute, by the way. I can tell you that. And I'm very <laughs> proud of the prostitutes because they do uh, a good job. All this profession in the world, I love you. And oh, they include uh, male prostitutes. We are very sex positive over here. here. We are very sex positive <laughs> over here, yes. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. The best thing ever. But the thing is that your, your penis is fine. Okay. And the only other two ways of getting an increase in penis is not by chemicals. You can't put creams. They don't work. There's no physiological reason. One is a, a device which we you can get on the internet where it's sort of like braces uh, when, for kids and or even older people when you're trying to slowly move your teeth in. There's a thing where you can put a band at the top and at the base of the penis, and then every day you sort of stretch it a little bit to increase it. It does increase um, the size by anywhere up to two centimeters. Uh, but and we I we use it mainly for patients who actually have bends in their penis called cordy, which where they're not able to penetrate. So we have to try to straighten it. Those I use it a lot for those those sort of guys. For penis enlargement, I'm not that keen on using it for the general reason because again, even if you're going to use it for enlargement, you have to wear it for eight hours a day. So you're having this bulge in your in your pants for eight hours. I think again. Bit of a problem up here, guys. Just take it easy. Mm. Your penis. So, dog, I have, I have a question. You know, many years ago, I was, on, I, was, I was, I was, I was on a website. You know, I just happened to see an ad. And yes, yes, yes. We all do that. We all do that. And it suggested a process <laughs> called Yelks. Do Yelks work? What are Yelks? Well, okay. Let me let me make sure I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> Yelp also is, specify which website this is, Phil. Yeah. I think it'll help us. It 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 was ChristianMingle.com. Um, mm. yeah. <laughs> Christian Mingle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I'm not sure what Yelp's are. Is it Kegels? Yeah. Are you talking about Kegels? 
No, 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 no. Kill yourself with a pelvic floor, Doc. You know. Oh, I'm there so, we go. <laughs> you know, I, I know that. I, I, I do that because I, I want to make sure that my prostate stays healthy. And okay. in my older years, I'm able to, to not be incontinent. So, yes, I am doing my Kegels daily. So, I've okay. sent a link in the group as to what yelking is. In the chat. Okay. Very right. concerned. Uh, I'm not sure what this is, but so I'll sorry, tell Professor. You in the meantime, what 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 the 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 uh, the, the last uh, way of increasing your penis sizes, and that's actually if if you get an injury between the main artery, blood vessel brings oxygen, and the vein which takes the oxygen the blood away, and there's a fistula, a hole between the two, it increases the flow into the penis, and that can increase your uh, your, your, the, blood, the blood flow to your penis, which can increase the size, but and that usually ha- only happens after you've had like an injury uh, to 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 the penis, and you mm. don't really want to injure your penis just to make your penis get bigger, and it's no guarantee that's going to happen. So, uh, okay, yelping is a penis stretching exercise that involves massaging a penis tissue, stretching the skin, uh, micro tears, and gorge. Yes, yes, very interesting. It almost certainly hasn't got a massively good evidence because that's uh, I, I didn't even know the name, but um, not that I'm the only person who knows things about this. But uh, I'm pretty. There is definitely, and the, 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 I mean, the more I, I, I think what they're talking about is the, the, the more you use it, if the less you use it, the more you lose it. Um, if mm. you're not having sex regularly, you aren't going to get these micro tears and not going to increase blood flow, and you're going to have a problem. So if you're not using it, there's a problem. If you, the more you use it, because for example, masturbation, if you're not involved in a, a relationship with somebody, masturbation is excellent. It's good. It has similar cardiac, cardiac benefits to uh, a sex with a, a consensual partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you are masturbating, you are almost certainly doing this yelping because you're actually going to d- damage it. You're a little, mm-hmm. little or bruises here and there. Uh, although usually we're not as efficient and not as we don't last as long when we're <laughs> masturbating. Anyways, guys, know I, I can see Danny and Phil are agreeing with me. They know this. No, uh, no, no. Way, First of all, I don't. Okay, I'm a Christian man. Okay, I've never done that. I beg you, please. And, and there's no Christ precept which says you can't masturbate. So I mean, really, that's nonsense. Yeah, right. We'll confirm. Now, I will confirm that females also uh, they have orgasm quicker when they're they're pleasuring yes. themselves as a general rule. As and a general so, rule, yeah. yeah. So I'm not comfortable with the side of Dr. Nyarai that has come out today. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, very uncomfortable. Just a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Don't be. Don't be. <laughs> but, but I want to go back to the question, you know, men are really obsessed about the erection and when they don't have it, um, you know, depression happens. Like, how do you get somebody out of that? Because now they're buying herbs and doing all sorts of things. Like, yeah. you know, how do you get a man to to, to be improve his self esteem? Because that, that's a well, big blow. It's a good question, yeah. Doctor Uri. The first step is to buy a very large pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> With you a know, big engine, with a big oh, engine, exactly. don't forget. Yeah. And or a BMW, yes. A BMW or a motorbike. Yes, a motorbike is, is key. Yes. And then what you want to do is yeah. you want to have a popular shopping center and just rev that motorbike furiously oh, yeah. in front of oh, patrons. Yeah. That works wonders. That works wonders. Things Solves all their problems. Works like a charm. We're, we'll be feeling grand. And that's the program over. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, so, 
we as guys, we are a bit obsessed with this. Remember that sex for, 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 for women is a lot more complicated. Uh, and that's because you're more complicated and better, actually more efficient in many ways. But uh, I was like the analogy that a guy is like one of those computer boxes with the on-off switch. It's either off or it's on. Females, we've got, we've got knobs and things that have to be adjusted for play, relaxation, things which actually make such a big impact for sexuality, not only for females, but for males. But we're just obsessed about the up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. Up and down, fine. If you're going to look at guys, there are essentially three problems that we have. Uh, for the up and downs. One is the erections, which, by the way, as we get older, after the age of 40, half of guys are going to have a problem. Our best erections, 18 to 22 guys. After that, we all start deteriorating a bit. We're all going to have failures. All sexual problems, if if it's just temporary, happens once, it's not lasting for more than three months, according to our medical thing, don't worry. And it has to be consistent for three months. So if you have a failure, fine, relax. Second, the commonest sexual problem that guys have, premature ejaculation, ejaculating too quickly, which by definition used to be either before penetration or within 30 seconds of penetration. We've changed that. Uh, we now say that if it impacts, if it bothers somebody, bothers, be it erection problems, be it premature ejaculation, if it's bothering you, even if you're lasting for whatever, 10, 15 minutes. By the way, the average uh, American male will ejaculate within three and a half to five minutes of penetration. <laughs> we blacks don't do that. <laughs> we won't do that. But How do they last standard. so long? I know. That's what I'm worried. <laughs> females are lasting too long for us, by the way, because 20, only 20% of females get orgasm for penetrative sex alone. And if they do, it takes them between 21 and 25 minutes. So I don't think we're going to do too well unless we are cut, touching, holding, being nice, doing good things. Anyways, the point is, Erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation. The third one is about the feelings of having sex libido, which is man chemical, which is mainly based for guys on the man chemical, although there are lots of other aspects to that. And all of them are essentially easy to treat. And uh, they all have, we all, the first treatment is the big five. Exercise, diet, not smoking, no stress. Decrease the amount of drugs in your body huge impact all of the rest have treatments as well premature ejaculation we know is based a lot on a man chemical a chemical not a man chemical a chemical in the brain called serotonin which is too low and it usually causes a problem for guys the opposite is for females when when it's too when there's more serotonin it actually can inhibit uh their sexual function so that the female viagra uh, these things, these flabanserin um, uh, and stuff are actually impacting to decrease it, but that's a separate issue. But the thing is that they, we can modulate that with various things like some forms of antidepressants and stuff like that. Um, the erections, we know that we're, there, there are lots of good medications out there. The most important is probably the Viagra's, Cialis, and the, the Vitras. They're not all genericized. All super safe, all very good. All they're doing is increasing the blood flow to the penis when you, get, when you feel sexually stimulated for various reasons. And uh, they're very safe. They actually, we published, they've actually protect you from heart attacks in some instances of call it the aspirin of the rich. So even in females, we're also using them a lot for some of their engorgement for females as well. And then for the t- low libido, uh, we do assess the testosterone levels and supplementation can have a benefit for uh, guys who have a low testosterone. But most of the over-the-counter things, we to answer your question, right, we don't really know what's in them. We've, we've, we have some posts, um, some of the companies, the, the, have, 
assessed. A lot of the drugs that we use for erections are, are that over-the-counter contain the same stuff as we are putting in the so-called generic drugs. Um, similarly, testosterone supplementation, which Phil was talking about, if you are actually going to take testosterone by mouth, um, if it is really testosterone, it's probably going to uh, give you uh, increased risk of heart attacks, strokes, loss of limb, because uh, there's something called a first pass effect. When you take any sort of steroid, including estrogens for females, when they're taking contraception, it doesn't go through the lungs and the heart before it goes to the liver. It goes directly to the liver, which makes the liver think, oh, there's too much stuff in the blood. And it increases its own chemicals, which then increase your clotting factor, the bleeding, the things that make you cause clots, the things that cause you to get congestion of your heart. So if you really are taking oral testosterone, it's most likely to kill you than to actually improve your health. Having it wow. through the skin or through the through uh, through injections or, or, or through the, the, the dermis, um, it doesn't. There's no first effect, first effect, first pass effect. So you're you're not going to get the cardiovascular things. Although the black boxes, the FDA have got all sorts of things. But the short answer is that there's essentially most of them. If they're going to be working, some of them do work. And I always tell my patients if they're working and you're happy with them, I don't know what's in it, but go for it. But generally, you, I, I, the, the bigger issue for me is to get rid of, make sure that you're not under, you're not a cardiac patient. So even if you're taking something for sexuality, we don't want you to get heart attack, strokes, loss of limbs. Mm. Go and see a healthcare professional some, or somebody. And Sangomas, by the way, are great people as well. We have a lot of connections with them. They actually give medical schemes, actually pay them because they do have uh, recognition in the health professions council. Mm. Uh, they've got great, great aspects and we interact Let's talk to somebody, not just assume that you're the only person out there because you're not, by the way, not even close. Z- Z- Zodwa Wabantu is now a Sangoma. So wow, we have Zodwa, there you go. we have Boiti. Uh, she might, have, she might help us. She might help us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, okay. While we're on this topic, while we're on this topic, I just have a quick question, and it has something to do with um, a trend uh, among many young males that uh, I've seen discussed on social media recently, and it's the the trend for many young males who perhaps are in their early to mid twenties who are sure that they don't want to procreate at any point in life, so they decide that they are going to take some um, permanent actions at that time. Um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get a vasectomy and ah. irreversible one, and they're like, because I already know, and I don't want to give myself the stress of thinking maybe I'll get someone pregnant or maybe I'm gonna be a father, or whatever, whatever. Um, have you had to deal with that at all? Even though I'm sure that's a, a little bit of a different field to you. And no, it is. That's that's exactly my field, actually. We we, we published on this as well. But short, even I was actually on a, a, a news show about that. Some twenty nine year old gentleman actually decided, and there was a lot of DM kickback on him saying that he's not going to be a man. He's full of nonsense. Is that that's nonsense? Okay. Mm. The whole point is that there are only three ways that guys can contribute to contraception. We've put it so much on females. They have to take the pill. They have to take the injections. They have to do the creams. They have to do the loops. I'm not saying that's bad, but the point is that we as guys have only got the three, and two of them are, are two of them are pretty good. One of them is not so great. It's not so efficient when it comes to contraception. Uh, one, the one which is inefficient is withdrawal. Withdrawal is not really very effective. Anywhere between. There's anywhere between a 90, uh, 70 and 95% failure from, from uh, withdrawal because you've got pre-cums and stuff that people talk about. It's not very effective. 
The second is pretty good, condoms, provided they're used pro- properly. But most people don't use them appropriately and in, in the proper way using, even using putting like Vaseline on the pin, on the condom can actually let the sperm run through there actually. So it's not very effective for if you're not using it properly. If you are using it properly, probably around 80, 90% chance that's going to be decreasing your risk of making somebody pregnant. Also protects you. It's the only one that protects you from uh, other STIs, uh, including HIV. Uh, the third one is a vasectomy, which is essentially what it is. Is um, there's the sperm are made in the testicle. They travel through a tube called the vas, which is like about thirty centimeters long. It's very long. It goes up towards this thing called the prostate, which is a little like a gland about that big, which is sitting underneath the bladder, all the way around the pipe for ejaculation, which is also the pipe for urination for passing passing uh, urine. Uh, because most of what a guy ejaculates is not sperm. Less than 1% is sperm. Most of what's coming out is stuff made by this prostate and the seminal vesicle, sugars and proteins and stuff which support the sperm outside the body. So when we do a vasectomy, we tie off the tubes very close to where the testes are. So does that affect your erections? No, zero. Does it affect what your semen looks like? No, because almost everything is coming from the prostate and the seminal vesicle. Is it irreversible? No. Up to 80% of them can be reversed. It's not, it can be expensive, but up to 80%. And even if you can't reverse it, we can, the sperm are still being produced in the testicles. You can still take them out and use them for artificial reproductive techniques. Can be expensive again, but it's not a train smash. There are some things down the line. We've got lots of trials on for the male contraception, including some stuff that stops the sperm from being able to penetrate the egg and stuff. But we're nowhere close to where the female's um, uh, infer- uh, fertility controls are. So the short answer is if you're comfortable, I mean, I've done vasectomies on, I've done one on a 19-year-old. I talked to him. I said, listen, you know that you might want children in the future, but he's an adult. If you make a decision, it's cool. And similarly, and when you compare, and your eye can confirm that doing a blocking off the tubes from the female, from the egg, from the eggs to the womb, is a huge operation compared to a vasectomy. Yeah, it's huge. So I, 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 I think it's very reasonable, provided you know what you're doing. Education, 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 and just what you're doing here, anyways, you guys. Uh, so it's great. Oh, fascinating. So for some, for some people, when they're on antidepressants or you know. Um, they fear that their sexual drive goes down. Have you noticed that? Mm. And, you know, how do you then mitigate that? Yeah, it, it definitely, it, everything is interrelated. So yeah. if you're unhealthy, you're probably going to have poorer sex. If you're stressed, you're going to have poorer sex. If you're, everything is related. So similarly, almost every medication we take, be it over-the-counter, be it um, generic medications, be it traditional medications, it can have an impact. And there's so many confounding factors and stuff. So I don't, I'm not going to go into like the way we do trials and how we have to try to limit the number of biases and stuff. But the short answer is that any medication you take is a problem. So I'll give an example of the treatments that I'm giving because my two commonest problems that I treat for men for erect, for sexual problem, premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation. I almost always give them a, a, a form of antidepressant, which increases their serotonin. That's going to decrease their Erections, because it has an impact on another chemical, 5-hydroxytryptamine, which can then cause erectile dysfunction. But if I'm treating both together, 
usually they're relatively comfortable. So I, I, I mean, the point is, it's a matter of balance. I mean, whenever we're doing it, I mean, even we do have patients who come in and they they need to be on on on. I mean, even for example, blood pressure medications. We know that a number of blood pressure medications, particularly beta blockers and thiazides, have a direct link to erectile problems. But the point is, if they get erection problems, we can treat that. But if we don't treat their blood pressure, they're going to have a stroke, a heart attack. That's why we have to balance all of these things. So everything is interrelated. And I, I would say that we, we have to just assess each patient on their, or each person on their own on merits. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Thanks, Thank Doc. I, actually, um, there was a few points I wanted to raise. I think the first thing is you, you're talking about helping patients with erectile infarction dysfunction. I've got a top tip. You know, you can have this for free. Have you tried advising them to put an image of their gran by their bedside? <laughs> that that is one of the options, by the way, for delaying ejaculation. You're quite right. It's not just the medications. There's the pinching of the penis when you're feeling withdrawal. And mm. also the mental thing, the biggest sex order. And if you're thinking funny, funny thoughts, which you're not too keen on, ay, ay, ay. And don't say that because some people, there's there are fetishes out there. We don't, <laughs> I don't judge anybody's fetishes. <laughs> they maybe turn some people on. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I find that, I find that very helpful. But there's something you mentioned earlier. You mentioned something about menopause. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, that that results in some of the issues that Dr. Nyari was mentioning, where p- people start getting depressed and and they feel like they're not they're not real men or or they're less of a man. What are some of the easiest ways? And you mentioned the big five. What else can people do to address um, menopause or alleviate? Yeah. Again, I, I'll go back to the big five. A, a good healthy. I mean, it's not about chronological age. It's not about how. Probably you're 50 or 60. It's about your physiological, the way you feel. I've got some patients who are in their 90s who look like they're in their 50s and they're doing well. I can tell they're going to live for another 10, 15, 20, 40 years. I don't know. Similarly, I've got guys in their 20s and 30s who are stressed, depressed, not taking care of their health, smoking excessively, drinking excessively. You can see this guy is going to be going down in the next 10, 15 years. So general health is by far the most important. That also can help to delay getting into the point where you start having uh, issues with low testosterone, decreased libido. But again, remember it's interrelated. There's a lot of stress, this and the other. Like I've got patients, I've, I've got some some older patients who come in, not even older, young guys. Say, oh no, uh, my, my I've lost feelings of sex, and my erection is small, my penis is small, and I'm not getting good erections. I said, how long have you noticed this? Uh, no, about three months. I says, how did you how did you notice this? No, uh, my wife told me says, why did your wife say, because no, she's saying that this is what's going to cause us to get divorced. And I said, but how long have you been together? Uh, for 30 years. And she's only telling you now, three months ago, that you're going to be, your penis is small. She just wants out. Okay. So yeah. also remember your brain, keep it easy. Now, mm. if you're going to be looking for the a natural way to increase your testosterone, there are only two that we know that have scientific evidence. One is a, a is exercise. Exercise increases your testosterone level naturally. It's the only natural thing. Tablets, creams, unless they're actually testosterone creams, and these ones that, that you're taking from the over-the-counter, there's no evidence for them. The second is a, a specific vitamin called niacin, uh, which you, if you take massive dosages, much, and this has been rat models, it's not even in humans, it increases your testosterone a bit. But we don't know whether that's actually a useful way of getting your testosterone up. So... Again, the basics, the big five, and exercise is the best for your menopause. Mm. 
What about cold showers? Cold showers are excellent. I, I like I, I, I like the Seinfeld uh, where, where George finds <laughs> shrinkage. <laughs> that, that shrinkage can happen, but that that it, it, again, there are some physiological reasons why uh, change between heat and cold abruptly can increase some hormones in your body and stuff like that. The data, again, I'm a scientist, I have to base it on data. It's not that great at the moment because it's difficult to do randomized trials on it. But mm-hmm. I would say that if you, for example, want to be a polar bear and do one of those things, go to Russia and jump into the Arctic, uh, I've I, I tried it in Canada. It, it, was, it wasn't pleasant for me, but the point is that it, 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 there is some evidence that it might increase your hormones. But I mean, I don't know where you're going to get a cold bath here in South Africa or you're going to in Southern I mean, Africa. With the load shedding, that's easy. With the load yeah, shedding, yeah, they yeah, do the job oh, for you. Load shedding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a great place to go right now, an excellent place to visit, and I think it's highly rated on all the travel websites, is Ukraine. It's a great oh, place yes. to go and oh, a great yeah, time. That's a place to go at the moment. Yes, yes. Just get <laughs> yeah, to the border quickly. Get to the border very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Dad, that, 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 that is cruel. That, no, that's messed up, Dan. That's that's really messed up. That's really messed up. <laughs> Are you looking for somewhere to get to take a cold bath or not? <laughs> Ukraine is great this time of year. <laughs> People are, are dying at that border, and here you are cracking jokes. Wow. Not not yet. Not <laughs> yet, Philip. That's not, not yet. yet. Yes, I'll stop the jokes if it stops. It's done. There we go. All right. Okay. I, I think finally, Doc, um, this is this is not really scientific. It's more just an observation. And something I, I've realized, you mentioned that men's sexual peak, particularly in performance, is between 18 and 22. I mean, th- there's a lot of science that suggests that women start peaking sexually in their 30s. So, as Even a later. doctor, do you suggest more women find Ben Tens? Ah, that's a very thanks. First of all, I'd like to thank you for asking me that question. I'd like to thank my mother and my father, but 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 not forgetting my parents, not forgetting my parents. Thank you very much. Yes, that a very good question. A female sexual peak we know is in their actually going towards their forties and later. Mm. And guys, we are at our best during that period. Ben Tens, grand. I have no problems. But at the same time, there are lots of avenues for older guys to deal with their older partners as well as they get older together. And that's a short word, foreplay. And foreplay doesn't mean about just touching and licking. It's about talking, being friendly. I know guys, we, 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 yeah, guys Danny, Danny and Phil are looking a bit confused. Uh, let me, let me, I, I'll give you a joke. I'll give you, I'll give you a, okay. a joke. You know the joke where the, 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 the guys are getting married, at, at, uh, the couple's getting married after 20 years and the wife says listen in 20 years of marriage to you i faked orgasm every time and the guy says well that's fine because in 20 years of marriage to you i faked foreplay every time you see so as long as you're doing something good it helps it can impact Mm. i always say that there are only two sexual problems and they're probably the same one is taking somebody by force consensual activities perfectly reasonable doesn't matter what you feel like doing if you want to do it off the off the off a lamp post or whatever if you're consenting cool second Broken taking a child does not taking a child. encourage you to do it off a lamp post. oh yes yes sir. any injuries <laughs> any injuries you may receive will not be liable not encouraging anybody to do anything <laughs> missionary is good meat and potatoes is excellent okay <laughs> second is taking a child which is the same thing. But any other thing, it's fine. I have, I have, I've always bring that story about a patient of mine, a couple who came and they had fertility issues. 
And the reason was because the guy could not have orgasm unless there was a, a red stiletto next to his wife's face when they were having sex. And she thought this was disgusting. and They'd be married for two, three years or something. So I told her, but I don't think the stiletto has a problem with it. It's consenting as well. It's, it's there. They now have two kids. So I'm pretty sure there's a stiletto involved somewhere in this, this, these children. <laughs> and I'm grateful it's stiletto. Uh, what, what if we can only afford ASOS heels? <laughs> Mr. Price. Mr. Price heels. Uh, Some people like sneakers. Hold on. Sporty. There we go. <laughs> Oh, this wow. has been yeah. This has been a uh, very insightful, mm. longer than usual. But I think it's for obvious reasons. I mean, I think this is very interesting, and a lot of a lot of our listeners will will find a lot of benefit. Um, do you have somewhere where people can come across more of this information if they want to find it, or must they just tune in until we bring you ne- bring you on again next time? ideally next time but I, I mean if you if you do I, 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 I'm involved in a lot of uh, health societies prostate cancer foundation immense health society I'm involved with the uh, world society of sexual health as well uh, and uh, there's lots of resources out there I think if you really are looking for something you just talk to somebody I always tell people that it, it, even if you go to somebody who doesn't really feel comfortable discussing it just ask them as a benefit to your health, so you don't get a heart attack, stroke, loss of limb, ask them to send you to somebody who's got an interest in it. And if you do that, you're going to save your life and your partner's life. And that's both for males and females, because female sexuality is huge. The biggest revolution for sexual health was in it was 1996, actually, Viagra. Before that, we used to say, guys, it's all in the brain. We now know that there's lots of physical things. 80% of our sexual activity is physical. Females, similar. We're doing more research for females. We need to interrelact interact and definitely no judgments on sexual orientation activities whether transitioning we need to maintain our sexual health and improves our general health lovely thank, thank, you. thank you so much doc we really appreciate it no problem. Hmm. thank you guys <laughs> well uh, to all our listeners thank you very much for tuning in um auntie i know <laughs> now you've tuned out you're still here <laughs> It's going to be a very awkward next conversation. But uh, <laughs> no, you see, my, my girlfriend's mother listens to the podcast. Yeah, we cannot see, be so held just, hostage by this. We cannot be held hostage. It's just, it's this. really. <laughs> you, can um, just say, you can just say we had a, prob- a technical problem. Yeah. Disclaimer. Disclaimers. There you go, man. Disclaimers. Excellent. Um, but yeah, but all of you. All of you, all of you, our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as usual, if you do want to connect to some mental health resources, this is why we've partnered with Wired to Love and Thrive, and that's why Dr. Nyarai is here, linking us to all these professionals. Uh, you can look up Wired to Love and Thrive on all the socials, or you can look up Dr. Nyarai or Sage R Health. Uh, Two Broke Twimbles also has some resources that you can take a look at. Go to twobroketwimbles.com forward slash help. By the way, if you have a question that's really burning you, maybe you've got a question that you want to pose towards uh, uh, Professor Shanghai here, then you can also uh, send it in anonymously if you so choose. There's a, an, an anonymous submission form there on twobroketombos.com forward slash help, and we will put it before him and maybe he can share an answer with us that could help you. We know that uh, sometimes approaching people for this kind of help may be a little bit embarrassing. It shouldn't be. Uh, but if you are scared to take that first step, then you could do it anonymously through our submission page. Uh, and of course, we are happy to receive your contributions and donations at twobroketimbos.com forward slash donate. 
But otherwise, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. Thank you once again, Dr. Nurai. Thank you, uh, Professor Shingai. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for all the interactions. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank Love you it. so thank much. Have a good one, guys. You too. Yeah, you too. Guys and girls, I'm going to stop you. You see, I'm getting myself into trouble as well. And by the way, the only reason why I take Viagra is because it protects me from heart attacks, guys. Trust me. Trust me. That, that, exactly. That, that's, the same, that's the same story I'm going with. Yeah, I'm trying to keep my heart healthy. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> there we go. Bye, guys. Okay, guys. Thank Bye. you so much, Prof. Bye. No problem. Bye. Bye-bye.